and welcome to a very unique, uh, very different uh, episode of Observe and Report. Uh, we are doing this live, but at a distance, not social distance, but actual real physical distance, uh, as we are in two different states recording right now over different devices. Um, yep. It's weird. <laughs> and we're going to make work. I'm a microphone. I have no idea if it's even working, Jason. <laughs> and we'll see what happens. I can hear you, so hopefully it is. Um, yeah, I'm your host. I'm, I'm Jason Simmons, uh, one of your hosts. And sitting across from me, uh, virtually, <laughs> is uh, your, your other host, Jack Smith. Hello. <laughs> Um, and of course, this is Observe and Report, the show where in which we watch things and tell you how we feel about them. And given the fact that we're all home, hopefully, we've been obeying uh, guidelines, the fact that we're all home, we've all been watching stuff, and we all have a lot of feelings about a lot of things. Yes. Uh, so let's get into it. And let's... also apologies in advance for if the sound is terrible. Uh, it's Zoom, so really, they're the ones who've won all of this. <laughs> I'll play Zoom. If this was just a big plan by Zoom, those motherfuckers got us all. They will be the strongest company of all time. Mm-hmm. If you were smart enough to buy Zoom stock before this, Jesus effing Christ. You're Jeff Bezos saying it right. <laughs> People all talk about going back in time in a time machine and saying, like, you know, if I bought Apple stock in, like, you know, 1991, like, I'd be a billionaire today if you bought Zoom stock in, like, January. <laughs> Set for life, man. Hell, February 14th, if you were a nerd and gave your sweetie some Zoom <laughs> stock as a Valentine's gift. So romantic. So romantic, but so goddamn thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> I hope y'all never break up. Because <laughs> uh. then who gets the stock? I mean, uh, it was a gift, but like, poof. who knew, right? Like, <laughs> this would be a court case that drag on for months. Um. Uh, all right, let's do this, man. Yeah. Well, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Okay. Um. So, I watched Frozen two. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm disappointed. I will say I started watching Frozen too, but then I just went to bed. <laughs> um, Jason. Similarly, I started watching Frozen too. I became irate, and I did not continue watching it. Oh my god, what happened? That movie's just a pile of shit, and it makes me mad. <laughs> but it made me there was... so. Mad. My first note is just complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> I hated it. It was so bad. Those are also notes that I took. Um, <laughs> it just, it was like a hodgepodge of storytelling. It felt like something, like the type of movie that should have been like a straight to video on demand type thing. Like, there was just, mm. the songs were not catchy at all. Um, there's this like Native American allegory that I'm just like, guys. But it's like in fantasy Europe. How does that even apply? I, uh, I just, it's, I don't know how far you got. Um, like 
15 minutes and oh. it's not and it wasn't because i thought the movie was bad i was like i'm just tired and i don't have the energy to keep going with this you made the right choice your body was talking to you and you listened <laughs> and that's what you should have done because um as as i think anyone knows those girls are white as fuck this is true and um they meet up with worse literally pour over snow <laughs> yes um they meet up with uh what are this like these people who used to live out in the woods mm-hmm. presumably like native american type people um they have more of like uh asian looking eyes and then you find out that the reason that elsa has all her powers is because uh like she's half whatever it is that they are oh yeah like her mom like saved like her dad was essentially a pilgrim guy (laughs) her mom was like a native american type lady even though she also is very white and then she saved the dad they got together had these daughters and one of them has powers i guess connected to the woods and i just it it melted my brain jason like no 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 oh right because the sister anna gets like leaf powers right like that happens she gets leaf powers really i i from the trailer (laughs) that seemed like (laughs) she was dancing around in a forest and the leaves are dancing around her i was like oh cool leaf powers (laughs) oh um i mean they are swirling around a lot Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this little little lizard thing that can go really fast and light shit on fire. It it doesn't none of it makes sense. And if they're trying to tell me essentially that this woman, who is the whitest, which is fine, but don't try to tell me that she's half Native American and then tell mm-hmm. me that those powers that like Native Americans have powers <laughs> essentially, and like that's like what what are you talking about? And who knows? Maybe I'm entirely wrong about this movie. I guess maybe I should read up on it or something and make sure I'm not crazy. But mm-hmm. I was so mad that I just I just stopped, Jason, because it's ridiculous. Anyways. No, that makes so, uh, sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have the opportunity to watch Rosen 2, I mean... Don't take it. Don't it's take it? <laughs> it may not be good. I mean... It's with a few new things on uh, Disney Plus as far as movies go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really have the opportunity to, I don't know, release a lot of new things. A lot of things that aren't on there, considering that everyone's at home. It would be nice to, like, you know, have some new content. But they still have the Disney vault mentality, kind of. Yeah. There's some things they just don't put out there. Now, but, yeah. reading the plot, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I will I will read this after and or you know what I'm just going to edit this out let me make sure I'm not making a fool of myself blah 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 yeah it's something about the spirits of the earth I I don't they all get trapped I just 
all I know is that this one could not have been anywhere near as good as the first one, given the fact that none of the songs like made it into oh, popular yeah. culture no. like uh, the previous one did. Definitely not. Um, Elsa. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this. But uh, what have, what have you got? Um, I watch a lot of new movies to video on demand. Um, and one of them is a movie called, uh, Hooking Up, uh, starring, uh, Sam Richardson and Britney Snow, uh, came out in 2020, literally March 20th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fun. It, it is a, a sex comedy, um, starring Sam Richardson, where in which he plays, uh, a man that has been diagnosed with testicular cancer. Um, um, yes, okay. I and that's the part I say yes to, but I know what you're talking about, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm with you, I'm with you. The good old TC, of course. Continue. <laughs> uh, um, no, he plays a man with testicular cancer. Uh, Brittany Stowe plays a, uh, a woman with, like, sex and love addiction problems. Um, and she plays a writer for a, uh, local newspaper. Mm-hmm. And they kind of team up to do this story about like her going back to all the places that she like you know had sex all over the country, <laughs> and <laughs> it sounds like a weird premise, but it is a lot about the two characters like growing uh, together and like learning like you know about their limits. Okay. Um, yeah, like it's very funny. Um, and Sam Richardson, of course, you know I, this kind of reason why like, oh he has a movie. Cool, I will watch it. <laughs> I I can't remember if I heard about this or not, but I heard about it off of an Instagram ad. I was like, "Oh, cool! I'll I'll pay money to watch this." Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at uh, no, no. Sam Richardson. Such a delight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's kind of him like learning to grow up and be an actual person. It's kind of her learning to actually let people into her life because she's very resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they kind of grow into each other. And at the end of it, it doesn't really become about sex at all. Like, it's just them, like, kind of learning to like each other and, like, building a relationship without sex involved in it. How sweet. Yeah, it is very sweet. Um, And, yeah, like, Britney Snow and and Sam Richardson have very good chemistry together. They're both very funny uh, playing off of each other. It is a road trip sex comedy uh, in the vein of... Overnight Delivery, which is one of my favorite rom-coms of all time, uh, featuring Paul Rudd and uh, what's-her-face, the steeliest chin of all time, Reese Witherspoon. There you go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the chin that can cut diamonds? Yes. Yes, absolutely. We all know her from her diamond-cutting business, but she also dabbles in acting. (laughs) Uncut Gems was actually her life story. <laughs> it was just a pre all of this bullshit that she's doing with E Pray Love and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, um, it is available on video on demand. That's the only place you're going to find it. I don't think it's really coming to Netflix anytime in the near future. But uh, Hooking Up is the name of the movie, and uh, it was fun. <laughs> cool. Um, I have been watching Seven Worlds, One Planet. I don't know anything about that. What do you think it's about? Um, it sounds like a documentary series on natural 
uh, National Geographic, not Natural Geographic. That's my new line of uh, body <laughs> washes coming out very soon. But more on that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds like a documentary. He's a National Geographic. Um, yeah, it just shows different biomes and how they interact with each other. Okay, well, I don't appreciate your accuracy. <laughs> uh, it's a BBC America. Okay. <laughs> and it played on BBC America. Um, another David Attenborough joint. Um, and it's all by seven worlds. I mean, obviously, the seven continents. Um, mm -hmm. So they focus on each continent. Um, it's kind of cool in that it also discusses a little bit about kind of Pangea and how all the continents kind of split up. Um, okay. Like how and why those certain animals are where they are. Hmm. Um, there is so much drama, Jason. It is both beautiful and incredibly dramatic. Um, the Asia one is a little tough to watch. I'm going to tell you right now. Walruses, turns out, they're dum-dums. <laughs> And they go up these cliffs to get away from the polar bears. But guess what? You know what's at the top of those cliffs, Jason? Polar bears. <laughs> and so then the walruses are like, uh-oh, oh, I gotta get down. And then guess what? They're on feet. So it's a little hot, hard to get down on the mountain without feet. And they go tumbling off. Spoiler alert. Bunch of dead walruses at the bottom of the cliff. Jesus Christ, that sounds horrible. Jason, it was terrible. I didn't expect it. I was yelling and crying. <laughs> like, easy meal for a polar bear, but goddamn, that sounds horrible. It was a lot. The other ones have been great. Okay, <laughs> that one episode, though. Albatrosses are very stupid animals. And yes. yes, they are, as evidenced in The Little Mermaid. Uh, I don't remember the little old mermaid. Uh, one of her like buddies is an albatross, and he's always messing things up. Oh, my dumbdum brain thought he was a seagull. He's too big, too big to be a seagull. I don't remember. <laughs> All I remember is old flounder because I thought he was cool. He is the coolest, one of the best animal companions in those Disney movies. He's he's me. If I was a fish, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if we should do this, guys. Fat, <laughs> I get stuck in holes and shit. Yeah. Just um, whatever, it's fine. Uh, I appreciate the rules. Um, but yes, albatrosses turned out they only recognize their babies when the babies are in the nests, and if the baby falls out of the nest, I don't know who you are, baby. What are you doing here? And so the drama and buildup and me screaming at my television in this dark, dark time, like, get back in the nest! Oh my God. <laughs> I the albatross. Oh my God. It was real. Um, spoiler alert, the baby albatross got back in there. <laughs> it was intense. So aside from those dumb, hilarious things, it's actually really great, as you can well imagine. It's beautiful. And I like at the end, they do um, like a behind the scenes, like a making of, and they show like how the cameramen and women are out there uh, like trying to film it and stuff. That's and always very interesting to see. I would watch a whole documentary just about that because it's fascinating. And like you have to be, and I follow some of the people on Instagram 
because um, they're all obviously like professional photographers and videographers. Um, That's and, a job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, getting, so I've seen some of the pictures, they'll let them uh, show a couple of pictures here and there on Instagram. And so then being able to go back and actually finally watch the whole documentary and stuff is really fun. Um, and they're so talented and they have to know like how to scuba dive and also take pictures and like they're just like out there in the wilderness so they have to be able to like survive and whatnot. It's amazing. It's like 50% Navy SEAL, 50% photographer. <laughs> it's crazy. And also like wildlife expert because you have to know the animals so well and like what they eat and where they live and like their migration patterns and all that sort of stuff. So it's really amazing. Um, so I would highly recommend it, but prepare yourself for unexpected drama. I have always wanted to see a documentary series about like urban animals. Like, hey, let's just follow this like gang of cats. Um, I think they made in the 80s. It was called uh, Oliver and Company, or the Aristocrats, really. Um, or, yeah, I don't know. Hey, how do pigeons work? Because I don't know. I've not seen a baby <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> I don't know if those exist. <laughs> we do follow us for just like a couple minutes a group of monkeys that are like kind of in a city um and let me tell you something J jason monkey drama see that sounds amazing that sounds like a wonderful children's animated show monkeys in the city like i'd watch it well this monkey drama is no joke jason okay <laughs> not for kids no one be 14 at least one monkey steals another monkey's baby. Oh, shit. Yeah. To raise it as its own? It's, like, jealous because it hasn't had children. And it's, Aww, that's very sad, actually. So this baby is mine. <laughs> when, whenever they, when a lady monkey has a baby, she's then kind of, like, ostracized from the group, and she's, like, the lowest on the totem pole, which I don't understand. And oh. this other lady monkey stole her baby. It's... I hate monkeys. <laughs> I don't support yep. them. They scare me. They're too close to humans. I don't trust them. I don't like their human eyes. Hmm. Uh, they're very strong. Uh, they have the strength of 10 men. I don't... No, thank you. <laughs> nope. Get away from me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> What's that planet is great. Um, I also watched uh, animal-related things as well. Um, I watched... Uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, the remake that came out uh, oh, yeah. last year with uh, John Lithgow and uh, Jason Clark. Um, it was okay at best. Like I watched the original Pet Cemetery a bunch as a kid. Really shouldn't have, but yeah. <laughs> it was on TV all the time. Like it was like USA's staple show. Like three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I don't know. Put Pet Cemetery on there. What do we care? Like, that's not something that should be shown that early in the day on basic cable. It was on all the time. Um, I feel like you're just, your life tagline is Jason Simmons. He watched adult stuff when he was a child. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have. Like, uh, or something catchier than that, but like, <laughs> I feel like it's really. Set your life a certain way. <laughs> and I just, I worry a little bit. You've but, seen the horrors of adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> as a child. Keep it up too fast. <laughs> um, it was 
pretty decent. Like they make a lot of references to to the original Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, it follows the book way more closely. Um, they also managed to subvert a lot of the uh, a lot of the events that happened in the original movie, which is like, oh, okay, for people coming to this who have definitely seen the original, uh, they're being given something entirely new. Um, John Lithgow is like wonderful. Like he uh, is like just a great older gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to hear stories from him uh, a lot. This is Jason Clark being used just perfectly. You're a dad. You're not the savior of the future. You're not a fucking marine. Like you're just a dad who's like having some hard times, and that's who you are. All right. I always you're- picture him probably just because it's been shaped by film. But I always picture him as some kind, not quite a soldier, but just a stern man. Ugh. <laughs> he's a fucking goofy dad, man. <laughs> like Is he, he's never. Here's the thing: I've never seen him be lighthearted in, in anything. He's always very a very serious character. That's the thing. Yes, he he always has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yes, but he is not to me like oriented and that's fine that is okay <laughs> um in this uh yeah like it it's of the Stephen King things which came out last year and there were a lot this is maybe the fourth Stephen King property was made into a movie just last year alone like including it Dr. Sleep um and I think there was like a Castle Rock oh. and this like okay. that Stephen King is rolling in it yeah. let me tell you um, but yeah, it was, it was alright. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Um, like, nothing that bad happens to animals, in all honesty. <laughs> like, um, a cat gets hit by a car off-screen, but it comes back. Uh, hence the pet cemetery. <laughs> um. How do they show that it's, like, uh, Back from the Dead? Does it have, like, red eyes or anything? Like classic kind of movie tropes? Or do they just look a little raggedy? He looks tore up like his fur is all matted and wet he's just dirty like it, he looks like he has been buried and crawled from a grave that's how they make it look like he is a brought back to life cat is it a real cat oh it's a real cat yeah <laughs> like with just a little bit of makeup on that's the most impressive part um but i'm going over this movie like everyone's seen it no one probably has seen this movie um okay. so that cemetery basically the story of a guy that moves this family to uh a town in Maine. Um, their kids are, you know, growing up with them, and the, his daughter has a cat. The cat gets run over one day, like, you know, by a trucks that pass outside their home that go very fast and, like, you know, uh, very illegally. Um, and the father, distraught over all this, has to bury the cat. John Lithgow's like, hey, your kid loves a cat, right? Yeah. Let's go to the far part of the cemetery, to the Indian burial ground, basically. Uh, yeah, they bury the cat. Cat comes back, and the cat's an asshole because he's been brought back to life. Fair. And on the daughter's birthday, she gets hit by a truck. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it is insane. <laughs> and Jason Clark, distraught, says, "Well, if I brought the cat back, daughter can work." And terrible things ensue from there. Gotcha. I will later make you tell me everything that happens in this movie. <laughs> it is ridiculous. No, I love to have horror movies just told to me in person. Yes. You um, enjoy the audiobook 
experience. I do. <laughs> I really do. Um, interesting. Oh, I have. Oh, yeah, that's Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh, wait, so is John Lithgow? Is he just like a neighbor, or is he part of their family? He's a neighbor. Um, he has also used the powers of the Pet Cemetery in his youth. Oh. Uh. To bring back a dog, and the dog was just like totally shitty. Um, so they always he, come back bad. They he he hasn't used it since he was a boy. So like in sixty years, mm. he hasn't used it. So he just assumed like uh, you know the cat's nice, and she loved the cat. The cat might be cool. Cat wasn't cool. Um, and yeah, uh, Jason Clark abuses it to bring back the daughter. When you say that the animals aren't cool, mm-hmm. like oh, they're like malicious they seek to harm people oh like including the owner yes oh no is so is the girl waking up and the cat's trying to strangle her with her tiny cat paws is he's like clawing at like her forearms like he like bites everybody like he's a really shitty it's like if you didn't know this cat was undead you would think it's a really shitty cat <laughs> mm, interesting okay but yeah that's that's <laughs> can't wait to find out how it all goes <laughs> um I watched Miracle Workers Dark Ages. Oh, how is that? I I am very excited to talk about that. I really liked it. Um mm-hmm. I the first season, so it seems like they're just I don't know how many if it got renewed for another season or anything. Um Oh my gosh, excuse me. Um but uh it seems like they're doing kind of like different themes or something with each season it's supposed to be like an anthology right yeah the first season i watched an episode i wasn't in love with it so i just kind of skipped over it and then i saw this season and i was like i love me some medieval stuff and so i started watching and i really like it it's really fun um it's daniel radcliffe steve buscemi and geraldine viswanathan Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all really great. Who doesn't love seeing Steve Buscemi pop up and stuff? Um, he and Geraldine are, because uh, you know how everyone's like last names are what they kind of like, what they used to do. So like my last name is Smith. So like presumably my dad's ancestors were blacksmiths or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, their last name <laughs> is Shit Shoveler. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, Daniel Radcliffe's character is a prince in their medieval village, um, and he's just a sweet dum dum. Um, and it's you see like the themes that they're going for in terms of relating it to um, to current modern times, like sexism and um, kind of an age of technology, if you will, when she mm-hmm. makes a longer shit shovel than just having to <laughs> loop over and use a short shit shovel. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really great. I really like it, and I would highly recommend it. Like, I'm, I was very curious about it, um, because of season one, like, <clears throat> that cast seems, like, very good. Uh, you know, the three you mentioned, Daniel Radcliffe, Sue Shemi, and Geraldine, her name, last name, I can't pronounce, I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, this, this one, Nathan. This one, Nathan. Okay. She, yeah, she's very funny. I'd only seen her in, like, blockers before this. Um, uh, oh, yeah, okay. And this really bad Netflix movie about someone whose penis gets severed. Um, Ooh, yeah. No. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, it the uh, series seems really good. And what you watch it on was it on um, YouTube uh, TV on or YouTube TV because it's on TBS. Cool. Okay, I will definitely have to check it out. Um, but yeah, like it just seems the people that made it, um, the guy that made it is uh, the same person that made uh, Man Seeking Woman, and I really enjoyed that show a lot. Um, so I'm very curious to see like what his next thing is, and it's this. And yeah, it's I, light, I'm happy to watch it's it. Fun. Everyone on it seems to really be enjoying themselves, which is nice. I think it's mm-hmm. really funny and cool that Daniel Radcliffe has been doing interesting stuff, and he's doing this show that seems very much like his sense of humor and everything, which is nice. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just a nice, lighthearted thing to watch. It's a good, um, if you're watching, I don't know, Seven Worlds, One Planet, where you're watching a bunch of frickin' albatrosses get confused, this is a nice little palate cleanser. Nice. Yeah. Um, I will also tell you of a day of Radcliffe-related project that I watched. Uh, Also released this past weekend, uh, Guns Akimbo. I watched that. Um, Oh, yeah, how was it? uh insane <laughs> um it's okay at best like it wasn't like uh the best thing i've seen i've seen this style of movie various times innocent person gets put into essentially a uh, most dangerous game type situation where they're fighting for their life um <clears throat> and this was just fine like i think other movies like um nerve and uh whew, gosh last boy scout <laughs> no um like, other movies like Nerve do it better, I think, or a bit mm-hmm. more stylish with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was okay. Um, so, yeah, the basic premise of the story is Daniel Radcliffe is just your average Joe, um, you know, works at a video game company, and there exists in his world this uh, online game show called Schism, where people, not people, well, yes, people are t- taken and put into Mortal Kombat with each other, fighting across, like, cities. Um... And he has been kind of kidnapped, hijacked, and thrown into this game against his will because he would go on message boards and troll the fans of the show. Um, and he is set up against uh, Samara Weaving, Hugo Weaving's daughter, oh. uh, to fight to the death, essentially. Oh, I didn't know that was Hugo Weaving's daughter. Oh, yeah, you see it in the, the eyes. For yeah, sure. I'm looking her up right now because I'm sure... Oh, yeah. wow, she is very pretty. But, yep. And she is very good at the game, and he is very bad at the game. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of great physical humor that happens in it. Um, the action scenes, when they get going, are actually really well done. I think Smart Weaving has, like, some really fun moments in that movie, as far as uh, action scenes go. Um, and, yeah, I forgot to mention in the plot, in addition to being hijacked and thrown into this game, He's had guns bolted to his hands, um, That's so gross. which provides a lot of humor as he can't actually manipulate anything in the world outside of shooting at it or fuddling around with it with his gun hands. Um, but no, it was fine. You can tell the movie was shot entirely in New Zealand. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, they have nothing but like, New Zealand actors. Like, Rice Darby like, is in it as well um, for Private uh-huh. Concords. I think it's or right. Reese excuse me. Um, and, yeah, like, you could just see, like, that does not look like any city in America. Like, why are the cars have these weird license plates? It's just like, it's just New Zealand. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Although Daniel Radcliffe has, like, an American accent for some reason, and so does, like, Samara Weaving. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> um, but it is fun. Um, 
yeah, it's currently on like video on demand. I think that's the only place it's going to. It didn't come out in movie theaters. Um, but yeah, again, it shows like Daniel Radcliffe just kind of doing whatever the hell he wants to do. Yeah. And like kind of like representing like his sense of humor and just like, yeah, I just want to do fun things. I want to go to work and like have fun. I don't want to like, you know, be in the next big blockbuster that's going to last six movies. I just want to like, you know, make a thing that I thought was really fun or funny or like work with people I really want to work with. And yeah, I think this again kind of shows like his sensibilities and sense of humor. Nice. Um, I think we could talk uh, both talk about this next thing. Uh, Westworld season three. Yes, Westworld season three. It just premiered a couple weeks ago. There are two episodes out as of the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts? Um, I did not like the first episode. Um, I didn't care for the first episode at all. I thought, I guess maybe because it focused on uh, Dolores, a character that I do not like. Um, mainly because, like, hey, your whole mission statement is fuck humanity. Um, as a member of humanity, uh, I would like that not to happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I was a little bit down on that. And also, it felt like the first episode was very much like, it feels like this is the show you guys always wanted to make. A show set in, like, a dystopian future uh, that's very stylized and looks very interesting and just shows, like, the inequities of, like, wealth. Um, And it's like, okay, cool. Like, the inequity of wealth has always been a theme of the show, but it Mm -hmm. felt like, for some reason to me, it just felt like this is the the space you wanted to, like, to tell the story in as opposed to, like, a theme park uh, where things go wrong. Um, But that being said, episode two... I really enjoyed a lot more. Like, I just thought it was, yes, this should have been your first episode. Like, it brings you back to, like, the events that happened right after, you know, the the events of season two. Um, We're dealing with, you know, Bernard, who has kind of been our through line um, throughout the entire series so far. Um, And, yeah, like, uh, it just had more characters that I enjoyed. Um, I really appreciate the cameo of like, hey, there's there's Rogan <laughs> and uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss from uh, Game of Thrones. Like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And also, oh, my God, um, Benny Eaton's character. It focused a Who? lot on her. What? Um, Benny Eaton's character. Oh, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton, excuse me. Jeez. Um, yes. I greatly enjoy her character a lot, and I just like seeing, yes, we're following up immediately with what happened after last season. Gotcha. Oh, what did I think? Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I felt the opposite of you in many ways. Um, I enjoyed the first episode. I think I just, um, I set aside the first two seasons because it seems like they just set aside the first two seasons a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed the first season of the show. The second season was so up its own butt that it was ridiculous. Yes, it was. Um, and incredibly difficult to follow. And they just seemed to kind of lose whatever it was they started with. Um, I, so I liked the first episode because I, I think I felt the same way of you by the end of the last season of like Dolores is kind of shitty or whatever, but I have a terrible memory, which has 
at this point served me well for this show in particular because I don't remember anything. And I don't remember how crappy Dolores was. Um, so I was okay with that. I thought, I think Evan Rachel Wood is so beautiful and watching her like walk around in gorgeous dresses. Cool. Love it. Um, and uh, I think humanity sucks. And so <laughs> I don't have as much of a problem with a bunch of robots being like, bah, fuck you guys. I get it. We're, we're pretty terrible. Um, so yeah, I think I just kind of let go I, I mean, I probably did the opposite of what a viewer should do, but I just kind of let go of everything that they set up for the past few years and just just went with it, pretty much treating it as a new show. Um, so I was okay with it. Um, I did enjoy the second episode. I do not like um, the type of story where, like, a Groundhog's Day type thing where it's just, like, repeating. Mm -hmm. um, not my favorite thing, but I do enjoy Tandy Newton. I love Jeffrey Wright. And so, yeah, seeing those characters and then the surprise um, uh, Thor's brother. <laughs> um, Luke Hemsworth, the yes, eldest and smallest Hemsworth. <laughs> the tiny one, who's probably like six feet tall. Um, he is 5'10". I have to look this up. He's a normal hided man. <laughs> <laughs> He's no god. Um but having him, I've forgotten about him, but I kind of like that Bernard has a little buddy now to go around and do stuff. Um, I did not care about the whole Game of Thrones little toss to that. Like, don't don't take me. You guys take your show so seriously that to then throw this in, like, really, guys? <laughs> really? But fine, whatever. It's not so out of reach for that show because you can imagine them creating some kind of world where they have a giant dragon. Um, so I did, I liked Aaron Paul. He was great. Um, and his story is interesting and the kind of the technology and stuff that they're coming up with is interesting. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. I'm just going along for the ride. They're not asking me to think quite as much because at this point it's just, Guess what? Robots want revenge. Okay, that I can wrap my head around. Great. Um, oh, and I like Tessa Thompson in there too. I love seeing I, her. She's great. I'm very curious of like what happens with her character because she's not exactly her character yeah. uh, anymore. So I just wonder where that goes. Where that goes and what outfits she'll be wearing because her clothes are great. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, Westworld season three. We'll see. Let's see where where it goes. Because right now it's a revenge tale, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, I will also speak on. Oh, um, taking a shift. I, I don't know. I watch like a lot of horror-related things for some reason. Ooh, I mean, that uh, makes sense. <laughs> um, I a few weeks ago, before since we've just recorded before all this Corona stuff happened. I watched or introduced my sister to uh, the movie Green Room. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but yes. It was... I got to watch it again for the first time in a few years, and it is still enjoyable. <laughs> it is still a very enjoyable movie. I like to be able to get to show that to people. Um, yeah, Green Room is basically the story of a band that goes to play at a club, 
they witness a murder and them kind of being the game that ensues of them trying to escape while being held captive by the murderers. Um, yeah, stars Anton Yelchin, Alia Shawkat, um, Patrick Stewart, uh, Imogen Poots, and yeah, it's just a very tense and enjoyable thriller. I wouldn't even say a horror film. It's really a thriller. I didn't know Imogen Poots was in it. Yeah, she is very prominent in that movie. Um, also, yeah. I just love her name. Her name is hilarious, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that your parents did that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I was her, I would pretty much with my friends exclusively go by Poots. <laughs> who wouldn't? That's fucking great. I'd have it printed on everything. <laughs> I'd want my friends if they saw me like down the street, they'd just be like, Poots! And I'd be like, yes! <laughs> oh, man. That's such a great last name. Um, I, yeah, I haven't seen it, because doesn't someone's arm get like real broken in that movie? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, There's some very great effects happening, some very gruesome scenes that occur. Um, it it I don't know. I feel like they kind of realistically show what happens when an average person has to deal with an extreme or extraordinary situation. It's like you think to yourself, like, "Oh yeah, like I can absolutely like take a dog if it were to come at me." No, you can't. No, you absolutely cannot do that. <laughs> we just curl up and hope for the best. You think to yourself, like, "I can fight off someone like you know with a machete." Are no. you sure? No, no you can't. <laughs> like you've never used a machete in your life. Why do you think now? <laughs> you'd be able to like use that effectively in a combat situation. I feel like I would somehow accidentally easily chop off my own leg. <laughs> like, well, this fight ended quickly. <laughs> like it shows you like how far paranoia and adrenaline can take you. Sometimes it's very far. Sometimes it's not far at all. Yeah, I could see that. I will say, yeah, adrenaline, let me tell you something, is amazing. Soccer. <laughs> I will sometimes now just walk home from the field and I feel so good and I'm energized. And then halfway through that walk, Jason, that adrenaline wears off. <laughs> oh, it, it all hurts so much. Yep, and I turn you into a halfway <laughs> through, my legs turn to stone. I'm just like, oh, no, I'm powering down. <laughs> it's just like really sad. So I get it. Okay, maybe I'll have to rent it and just mute it a lot. It's on uh, Netflix. Um, yeah, you might want to watch that movie in mute, <laughs> basically. I mean, to be fair, I watch a lot of things in mute, so it's fine. It's nothing. <laughs> um, just for my girl poots. Um, Jason, mm-hmm. I watched something that I feel like you, if you, you must have seen it based on the cast, and I'm sure you enjoyed it. Tombstone. Wow, it's been a long time since I've seen Tombstone. Um, it was a yes. 300-year-old movie. So naturally, <laughs> I watched it this year. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, this movie was thoroughly enjoyable. I don't know why I watched it. Mm-hmm. No, that's a lie. I do know why I watched it. It's because Kurt Russell looked real good in it, and his hair was like really nice. <laughs> I basically watched it for Kurt Russell's hair. I mean, his hair is amazing. Uh, it lives on in his children. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tombstone has its post-Civil War in the West, which I think I learned 
I think I enjoy a Western, Jason. <laughs> I didn't know that I did, but upon analysis, I think I do. I think I have a Western <laughs> film. Um, the cast is the greatest. You've got Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, fat Billy Bob Thornton. Not fat. I take that back. He's just like not the skinny little man. Normal weight. <laughs> um, a very sweaty Val Kilmer. Billy Zane with a hilarious wig. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Hayden Church, Michael Rooker, Charlton Heston, Jason Priestley, so young, so handsome. <laughs> Didn't know I was a fan of him, but I was like, ooh, that man who just got out of that carriage is handsome. Then I looked it up. It was Jason Priestley. Like, who's that cute pocket-sized man over there? Ugh, so handsome. <laughs> so, like, I was into this movie, and it's so long, and it's just, they just kind of keep, it kind of gives me, like, pre-Deadwood vibes. Cause yeah, yeah. Because rolling into a town, they just kind of, on the surface, they just kind of want to make their money and live a quiet life, even though they very much kind of don't want that. Um, there's interesting mustaches. A lot of facial hair happening in this movie. For so much. Al Kilmer the most. <laughs> yeah, there's um, one guy who just has a mustache. It's like if you grew a regular but kind of wispy mustache, shaved everything in the middle and just had a little bit, little bit at the sides. Which uh. is which is essentially kind of what I have if I don't, like, take care of things. <laughs> but, so there's that. There's dogs being fed spaghetti. Um, <laughs> I, there are some hilariously bad things, which is um, Kurt Russell's wife is <laughs> a laudanum addict. <laughs> I have no idea what laudanum is. It's, um... It's kind of opium-esque. Okay. It's just kind of like, um, and like is in bed a lot. <laughs> and just kind of junky-ish. Mm -hmm. like tired drunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was something that was very legal and was just like treated, like all sorts, quote, treated all sorts of things, like hysterical women and whatnot, but really it was just drugs. <laughs> um, so... Kurt Russell is Wyatt Earp. He rolls into town with his two brothers. Bill Paxton is Morgan, his younger brother. Um, Sam Elliott is Virgil, his older brother. And they have, they were like sheriffs or whatever in the past, but now this is their exciting new life. They're going to open business and like just make some money and chill. But mm -hmm. then, um, oh, I forgot the names of the bad guys. Oh, they're just called cowboys. So this gang cowboys is in town. They're causing some trouble. And so they all kind of become sheriffs again to lay down the law. So there's a bunch of fights and gun shooting and horses. Um, and it's great. And I enjoyed it. Val Kilmer was hilarious and sassy and sweaty. Because uh, uh, I think he's got uh, tuberculosis. Just fighting TB throughout the film. <laughs> As, as you do, which his character, which like Doc, like in real life, he also actually, it's based very loosely on like actual men, which I also find hilarious. Like Doc Holliday and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but at the end, there is a thing, Jason, because like 
Doc Holliday's super cool throughout the movie, but and you're really rude for him. But then at the end, he confesses to being in love with his first cousin when he was younger. Sounds about right for the time. Yeah, and I was like, oh, oh, you know what? We're just we're just gonna pretend we didn't hear that. <laughs> continue enjoying your character and calling it a day. Um, but during this weird time, if you're looking for something fun to watch, fucking Tombstone's great. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like Tombstone, it, it was interesting. In the '90s, you had like a lot of big, prominent westerns, and like I think of that. I think of Quick and the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Uh, Maverick, uh, Unforgiven, which is like the best of all of them. Um, that's like the last western. It feels like the end of westerns, Unforgiven, um, with like Morgan Freeman and uh, Clint Eastwood. Awesome. They're old. They're angry. And it just feels like this is the the last Western Clint Eastwood is ever going to do. And then he's going to die after. But he also lived for another 30 plus years. Yeah. I almost Still alive right now. Afterward, but then I was like, you know who's not as fun as young Kurt Russell with nice hair? Clint Eastwood. This is true. He's the opposite of that. Yeah, so I was like, I'll pass. Fair. Absolutely I'll fair. Put tombstone and call it a night. <laughs> um, I didn't watch any uh, westerns, but uh, what I did wind up watching was a very confusing movie uh, <laughs> called Suburbicon um, with uh, Julianne Moore and Matt, uh, Damon. Yep, Matt Damon and Oscar Isaac. Jason, so I started watching that movie, mm-hmm. but I didn't finish it. So, spoilers for Suburbicon, because I'm never going to finish it. (laughs) Uh, So, there's two Julianne Moores at the beginning. Yes, Julianne Moore is playing uh, Double Roll. Uh, This is a movie directed by uh, George Clooney, um, and partially written by him. Uh, So, yeah, she's playing a double role. She's playing herself, well, herself. She's playing two sisters, Mm -hmm. um, one of whom is married to Matt Damon. Uh, one night a home invasion happens where uh, the entire family is chloroformed um, but the sister that is married to Matt Damon has been like given a lethal dose and Mm -hmm. she winds up dying Mm -hmm. Uh, and what you think is like going to be like a very sad story of like you know this family kind of figuring out and like moving on Mm -hmm. from that becomes this weird tale of like betrayal and like an affair and racism and all in this small Pennsylvania town. Like it turns out like, you know, Julianne Moore's sister and Matt Damon teamed up to like cause this death to happen. So they get insurance money and like move away. And like, it's all kind of happening around this kid. The kid is really the star of the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no child should ever have to deal with this. It feels like a weird kind of Coen Brothers interpretation of things. Really? And it's like, uh, it's, there's something that is, it just feels very muddled. There's a lot of like, weird messages. Meanwhile, there's like, a race riot happening right next door to all of this that seems way more important. Like, I feel like the movie should be about that. Yes. But... <laughs> 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 well, we did. We're, 
distracted by Julianne Moore. Because, yeah, yes. in a very white uh, suburban area, and a black family moves in next door, and, of course, people are, like, freaked out by it. Yeah, and, like, it feels like, wow, that seems the more interesting and, like, relevant story, but nah, nah, we're going to focus on this weird uh, murder um, tryst love triangle. And uh, Oscar Isaac plays, like, a, an insurance agent, insurance salesman that comes to, like, investigate the, uh, or a claims agent that comes to investigate the insurance claim. And he was very charismatic and lovely, and, like, he is just sprightly in this role. Mm, okay. But he's only there for, like, ten minutes. Okay. He's not in the movie for very long, sadly. Mm-hmm. How, does uh, it- how does it end? Yeah. Everyone dies, except for the kid. <laughs> um, and the family next door. Um the home invaders came and killed her. Um as that was all a blackmail situation. Like the home invasion was uh planned by right. Julianne Moore and Matt Damon and like they they didn't get their money, so they came to kill her. She tried to kill the kid with a poison sandwich <laughs> oh. which Matt Damon winds up eating and oh. killing himself. Oh, so at the end of it, the kid just leaves his family of dead people and then kind of goes next door to play baseball with like the, uh, the kid from the uh, black family that lives next door. I mean, that seems like a lot of build up to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really was. It, okay. That's not, I, I mean, I guess it, it was where I thought the movie was going, but I was like, no, that seems too basic. Surely it has to be building up to something else. <laughs> Don't worry yourself. It was, uh, it wasn't exactly where it needed to go. Okay. Well, that's disappointing. It's just, it's just disappointing considering, like, you know, the people behind it. Yeah. Like, I just wanted more and I didn't really get it. Totally. I, and I even felt that way while I was watching it. Like, okay, cool. Like, this clearly is a setup or whatever. And then when they would go to the B storyline about the black family, I was like, okay, well, this is this going to be, are they going to somehow get entangled or something? Like, cause we're pretty much like 80% on freaking Julianne Moore. And then they just toggle over a little bit. And so I thought I was hoping, I guess that something would come of that, but seemingly not really. No, it's just a weird dark comedy. I don't know why it just had to happen to anybody. <laughs> okay. Well, glad I didn't waste too much time on that one. <laughs> you really took that bullet for me and I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I rewatched Black Panther. Oh, okay. Um, just because I had Disney Plus and I was like, yes, sure. Because I think mm-hmm. I saw it like, twice, maybe. Um, and... It's got too much information, Jason, but it was my lady time, so I was very emotional. I just cried through half that movie. <laughs> <laughs> exaggeration. I cried, like, I cried anyways, but oh boy, I cried extra this time. What made you cry? Everything about that movie, I just, I believe at some point I yelled, why can't you just talk and be friends? <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, you guys, I feel like if you just talked, you, like, clearly Chadwick, like, like, you feel for him and, like, everything that happened to him. Why don't you tell him that? Tell him, I'm so sorry that what happened to you 
was cruel and unjust and it shouldn't have happened and I'm so sorry and like you're my family let's try to be family but no instead he tells his dead father and gets mad but then doesn't say that to Michael B. Jordan which like ah uh, oh uh, jo- Jason man feelings we got to get better about this <laughs> <laughs> and the whole thing is just oh it just made me sad but also it was so great and I forgot about how fun all the action scenes are, especially when they're driving through Korea and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Sheree is just the best. And I really want just a sideshow, not a sideshow, but a show on the side of just her and Okoye just making fun of Chadwick Boseman's character. <laughs> there. Um, and I just really like, I would like a show of, um, Oh, shoot. I'm blanking on um, Chadwick Boseman's girlfriend, Lupita Nyong'o's character. If I, mm-hmm. could, I just want a movie of the three ladies is really what I want. <laughs> Angela Bassett, the four ladies. Just give me a movie mm-hmm. of the ladies and then have um, M'Baku just kind of pop in here and there being handsome and like cracking jokes. <laughs> that would be a dream for me. You just want a sitcom set in Wakanda, basically. Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman there. A lot of like great acting and seriousness and gravitas. I don't want that. I want, <laughs> want Mbaku when he makes a joke about being vegetarian or about eating them and he's like, JK, I'm veg- we're vegetarian and then he just laughs. I laughed. <laughs> it was a very emotional movie for me. Ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just forgot how much I enjoyed it. And now I just need a sitcom about it. I don't think that's asking for too much. It's not. It's not. Um, I thought about going back and like rewatching all the uh, Marvel stuff that is currently on uh, on Disney Plus, but I don't know why I've just not done that yet. Also, I don't know if they have the Incredible Hulk movie on there, which I would like to rewatch the Edward Norton one. Oh yeah, I don't think so. Like I just remember really enjoying it when it came out. And then, uh, then no one ever talked about it again. <laughs> like, it just kind of, like, disappeared. Everyone was like, everyone remembers when Iron Man came out. And then there was Iron Man 2. And there was another movie between those ones. No, there wasn't. Stop, stop talking out of turn, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> was that produced by Marvel? It was produced by Marvel, yeah. Oh, then, I mean, maybe it is, but it's just, like, buried in Disney+. Plus. Like, if Disney+, Plus was a big bin at Target... That DVD would be at the bottom. You would <laughs> reach down into there. But, it really um, isn't bad. I think it's a very fun movie, but like I just think they want people to forget about it for some reason. Cause, well, I guess because Edward Norton is not uh, <laughs> a part of that universe anymore. So I don't know. Did you ever see the Eric Bannon one with the big dogs? I don't care for it. I think that's such a boring movie. <laughs> like... Of the Ang Lee films that exist, like this is his most. That was an Ang Lee movie. Yeah, absolutely was. Ang. Hey, he had to get the money to make Brookback Mountain somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was hmm interesting. I don't know. You should look on Disney Plus and see if it's there because I did rewatch The Mandalorian. God, that's a goddamn fun show, Jason. It looks so good. Everyone really does. Great. I've never been so in love with 
a character whose face I cannot see. <laughs> is that like the costume is so cool? He has a good walk. Half the time it's not even Pedro Pascal, and I'm fine with that. I love his voice. Oh, oh I'd marry that man even if he could never take off his helmet. <laughs> Just kiss him on the helmet, you know, at the altar. He would probably lose some street cred if he goes out onto the streets with just like little kissy lips. I will, <laughs> but I don't care. He'll have to deal with it because I just love him so much. <laughs> oh, that show is so fun. It's totally worth He's it. He's a single dad. It'd be great. He's a single dad. He clearly <laughs> loves the little guy. And this time, for whatever reason, I'm a f- oh, you know what? I think I turned my heat off in my apartment because it's been nice out. So I could hear all the little coos and all the little cute little noises that baby yoda makes mm-hmm. that's the experience <laughs> <laughs> that much cuter i was loving it so yeah. definitely go back and watch that one what else you uh, i watched a documentary series that i think all of america is currently uh embroiled in uh i, I don't know if you've seen it just yet uh the tiger king um, not seen it, and I don't know if I'm going to watch it only mm-hmm. because. And maybe you can tell me if this is a thing, but um, it makes me so incredibly angry when people have wild animals as pets. I think it's fucking awful and disgusting, and why I don't mind Dolores from Westworld because people are the worst. <laughs> please go track those people down do what you gotta do robot lady because i get it um and so just the fact that he has all those animals like in tiny cages and they should just be out in the wild just like hurts my heart a lot <laughs> so unless it's a story of those people being mauled to death <laughs> i don't know if i can watch it because it just makes me a little sad it makes me a lot sad um, not everyone gets mauled to death. Some people get mauled. Really? Um, one one woman does, but she kind of doesn't deserve it. Oh. Uh, she's just kind of like an employee, and she has like one of the most sensible takes on like the entire situation. Okay. Um, That's where cool. she just you know at it's towards like the end of the series where she's just like, well, yeah, so like they were probably, okay. I if knowing that people even get a little bit mauled, or the people involved with this place who are bad people end up having bad things happen to them. <laughs> I'm all about justice, Jason. <laughs> that makes me a little bit comforted. Like, the, the people that they focus on, everyone's the villain. Everyone is a bad guy okay. in this. Like, they don't really shy away from that in any respect, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have different temperaments, and some of them are better at hiding their crazy than others. Gotcha. But, like, everyone in this is, like, guilty of something. Mm-hmm. Or seemingly guilty of something. At least that's, like, the thesis that they present to you as filmmakers okay. um but it is fascinating and okay. there are so many twists and turns Ooh. and intricacies that I happen in it and it's, it's like i thought i was gonna watch like some rednecks get mauled by tigers but no this is way more than that <laughs> like okay. there are hitmen there's embezzlement there are corporate takeovers like told, it's insane. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, the Tiger King on Netflix. It is like number one on Netflix right now. I think yeah. I've 
heard a lot of people uh, chit-chatting about it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I started rewatching Community. What a fun show. Yes, yes. It's still very fun. I miss that show. It's really great. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if, I guess if you don't know what it's about, it's about uh, community college and these uh, seven or eight kind of random disparate people come together because they're all in the same Spanish class and they kind of start a fake uh, Spanish study group because one of the main characters wants to just um, hit on this one girl, but then it ends up becoming um, an actual community and they're all friends and just kind of their silly stories. It's really smart and well done and hilarious. It, I think it's probably kind of a specific sense of humor, but if you like it, I think you really, really like it. Yeah, like that was part of like NBC's last gasp of like a Thursday night power lineup. Yeah, for comedy. Like we're in one night, you can watch Community, uh, Parks and Rec, The Office, and Thirty Rock. Like all these are all on at the same time. Oh, golden age. Oh, loved it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah um what else did I watch I watched um bu- 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 oh um I saw the first three episodes of Black Monday uh that is available on Amazon for free the first three episodes at least oh okay cause that's on Showtime usually Showtime. yeah oh. yeah um it's very funny <laughs> um uh, the story, uh, of course, being um, set in the late 80s, um, it is about the lead-up to the uh, biggest financial crash uh, post the Great Depression in the United States and showing you the people behind it. Um, it has a great cast of uh, Don Cheadle, uh, Regina Hall, um, Andrew Rannells, uh Paul Scheer, uh, Ken Marino. Like, this is it, awesome cast. Yeah, and they're all deplorable people. Oh, and uh, Casey Wilson as well. Um, they're all shitty. They all suck. <laughs> um, uh, they're all cokeheads. They are all <laughs> trying to make the most money as they possibly can um, by cheating, lying, stealing, whatever the need may be. But they're very funny while doing it. Um, if you don't like shows centered around like shitty people, you won't like this. But if you enjoy chaos... Um, this show has it in space. <laughs> um, also, it's very fun to see them like recreate, like you know, in 1980s New York. Like uh, for some reason, like I don't ever feel like I'm not in the 80s. I feel very much in the time. It's like from the costuming to the set dressing. Like, yeah, this feels like 80s New York for sure. Nice. Um, and yeah, they make like a lot of references to the time, but like also it is very much a show about like cutthroat business and like how secrets and lies like just kind of they are never ever glorifying these people it's very wolf of wall street in that way where it's like no these are the bad guys you're watching the bad guys <laughs> and um yeah it is a laugh a minute like it is consistently throwing jokes at you um and the writing is very tight um yeah i like it a lot and i am tempted to like buy the rest of the season just to like see how it ends um and yeah season two is currently in production right now i think they're like halfway through at this point but uh yeah black monday is very funny is it 
created by, produced by, directed by, like, other people who've done other things? Produced by uh, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. So it was a Point Grey production. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Um, I don't really have anything else aside from the assignment. Hmm. So if you have anything else, do you? I... Do um, I have one more thing that I'll talk about real quick before the assignment? Um, I watched um, Final Girls, um, which is a movie from 2015, mm-hmm. uh, starring Thomas Middleditch, Alia Sharkat, um, what is her name? Oh, uh, gosh, let me pull up the uh, cast list here. What is she in? What's that? Oh, no, um. Who is Malin Ackerman? Um, but like it has many, many people in the movie. Gotcha. Um it's fun. It is interesting. It is um a horror comedy set in like uh the 80s, but essentially um a girl goes back in time through a movie. It's, it's there's a lot of hoops to jump through on this one. <laughs> um a girl who's a, a, in high school, her mom was like in a slasher fic in the 80s. Uh, her and her friends go to see the movies. What's that? Her mom was what? In a slasher flick. Oh, okay. They go to the movies to like, you know, watch a revival showing of it. Mm-hmm. They somehow get transported into the movie. Uh-oh. And they are making it their mission to, you know, defeat the slasher in it and save the girl's mom. Yeah. And also survive themselves. Um... It's pretty funny. It is very high concept. Um, but, like, I can see why it didn't get, like, a lot of buzz, per se. Um, it's okay. <laughs> like, I was expecting a lot more, and I didn't really get it. Is it um, because they get transported into a horror movie, does it then... Is it good at being a horror movie? It's good at making a parody of it. Like, um being able to jump around like like the things that happen in the movie they're looking at them from i guess like a logical perspective like mm-hmm. when a flashback happens like they're asking like why the hell are we in black and white it feels like very much like a, a pleasantville kind of thing where they're questioning the reality of the world that they're in okay um so that's enjoyable um and yeah overall it's fine like it's not anything that's uh great uh tysa farmiga uh vera farmiga's younger sister is like the lead in it didn't even know she had a younger sister yeah, you can. They look alike. Um, but yeah, it's fine. It's not great. It's fine. <laughs> like, I wanted so much more, but I didn't really get it. And like, I was assuming, like, oh yeah, finally get to see this thing. I have all this time in my hands. Like, you know, what's a three dollar rental? It's like, eh, I didn't need to see this. I didn't need to spend money on this. I'm okay. Oh yes, okay. Yes, yeah, you can tell that they're vaguely. Oh, she's significantly younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, you can tell that she's she and Vera Farmiga are related. I can see that. Um, I forgot. I also uh, watched Tangled. <laughs> I don't know why. Just okay. really into that Disney Plus season. Mm-hmm. Most of that subscription. Um, it's cute. It's the story of Rapunzel. I forget how. I mean, that's like a super dark tale of kidnapping and um isolation and kind of servitude <laughs> yeah it's like well you guys 
<clears throat> Disney, way to make this adorable. Uh, <laughs> toss in a lot of pink and a cute little chameleon guy. Yeah, you got an adorable movie. And a horse, a fun horse. And there's a dude somewhere in there. A fun horse and a dude. Um, it's the typical kind of Disney princess bullshit. But uh, it was, there's a couple of catchy little numbers. Um, catchier than Frozen 2. Um, and yeah, Mandy Moore, delightful. Zach, what's his face? Cool. A dog or a horse that acts like a dog? Great. It was fine. <laughs> like, yeah, that was like the start of like uh, Disney's like full like 3D animation studio, like kind of taking things over. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I never watched it all the way through. I've only seen bits and pieces. Mm. Um, You're not missing a ton. <laughs> I think we all went there to see how the hair was animated. It looks great. <laughs> uh, that's all you really need to see. That's fine. The I found the um, the bad lady. I found her very scary. I was genuinely disturbed by her. I also didn't like her hair. Um, <laughs> there's these two little curly tendrils up front that I just disagree with. Mm -hmm. um, but also, Paul F. Tompkins makes a little voice cameo in it as like a little guy, and it's great. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it. Oh, um, one thing I forgot to mention. Um, I watched The Favorite on HBO. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Rachel Weisz and, uh, Olivia Coleman and, uh, what's Emma, her name? Emma Stone. Emma, Emma Stone. And it's, <laughs> it was really good. I greatly enjoyed the movie. Um, I, uh, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, um, who's good at making weird things. Um, like the lobster, and you get a lot of that sensibility in this. Um, it is weird in its presentation sometimes, but it's fine. Like it's, I really enjoyed the look of the movie. I really enjoyed uh, the sniping that happens in the movie. Ooh. My God, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, confirmed kills all around um, by Rachel Weisz. She is vicious throughout. Bunch of jealous petty bitches. <laughs> 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 Like, yeah, it is a, a wonderful story of, like, a love triangle being played out with the, like, the fate of a country tied to it, kind of. Um, yeah, it is great seeing these characters and these great actors, like, kind of play out these roles. And just, I love, like, them kind of being able to, like, turn gender norms on their heads. Like, whenever you see um, Rachel Weisz, she's almost always, like, in boots, pants, and, like, a coat. Mm -hmm. Like, she is rarely, if ever, like, you know, in a dress. Yeah, and she's always um, black, and she kind of looks tough and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, she is, like, wholeheartedly, like, wearing on her sleeve, like, yes, I take on a man's role because I have to take on a man's role. Like, I transcend this. Like, come at me. Anyone. Man, woman, I don't care. I will shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, the jokes that are in it are fantastic. Um, Emma Stone, and you think for a second, like, you know, again, this is another movie or another instance where no one's innocent. Everyone is, like, guilty of something in this. Like, there's no victim here. Everyone has done bad things to someone else within this little triangle. Um, and yeah, I, I love that you don't ever leave 
the castle. Like, you are consistently on the grounds of the castle. Except for, like, one or two instances, but for the most part, you are stuck with them mm-hmm. as they kind of, like, deal with each other and go through this. All very close to each other. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. I like seeing... I, I did not finish the movie. It was not my cup of tea. I get why it's good. I get why people liked it. It just... Maybe I just wasn't in the right mood. Also, it's mm-hmm. kind of... It's like half drama, half comedy. I don't know. But I liked everyone in it, obviously. Love those ladies. And I really liked seeing Rachel Weiss as, like, an asshole. She's really great at being a dick. And it yeah. was really enjoyable. And seeing Olivia Coleman just <laughs> being, like, a whiny pain in the ass <laughs> mm-hmm. was so great. Um, I really... I enjoyed the performances of everyone in it. Like, yeah. It was very, very good. It was excellent. Nice. Um... So the assignments, um, I was tasked with The Big Lebowski, mm-hmm. not finish it. I don't know how I felt about it. Maybe I'll finish it. Um, I've also just been cranky during this isolation quarantine time. Um, what, um, how did I feel about this, Jason? There were definitely parts that were funny. And I think uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's role kind of stuck out to me because he's so he's so sassy and funny in it. <laughs> he's so proper the he's entire time. And like, pain, like he's in pain while he's trying to be polite because people are just assholes. Everyone around him is terrible. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's a very different character to what he was often cast as. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all the performances were good. I get, I think, I don't know. It's a very, like, I just realized what I was going to say, but it's a really, like, dude movie. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't, John Goodman, who I very much love, he's very yelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm a little too close to his character, like, oh, I see me in him, and that's not good. Because <laughs> 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 the guy cheated a little bit, and he basically just wants him to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. I would not point a gun at somebody, but I would be very annoyed if somebody, if I was playing in a competition and somebody cheated. Like, no, you play by the rules, motherfucker. moment, <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, oh, this says a lot more about me, and I need to take a step back. <laughs> Um, You're asking yourself, why is this funny? He's right. He should play by the rules. <laughs> I don't see this as a comedy at all. Stand up for justice, John Goodman. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, I, I also don't know if it's the type of thing where so many, it's such like a pop culture uh, touchstone and so many people like it that it's been built up for me a little too much. Mm. Um. So I think I'll probably finish it, um, hopefully before the rental period is up. Um, I, I just felt a little indulgent, I guess, to me. Of just, you could tell there was nary a woman near it. Like it was just dudes being dudes to the max. Mm. So I don't know. There were definitely parts I liked, and I liked all the actors in it. 
um, I thought it was funny that Steve Buscemi, or yeah, Steve Buscemi was always getting shit on by John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I my question to you is, what did you, what do you like about it? Like, what were you? I- I like that this very unassuming character gets pulled into a world that he didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm. Like, his world is very small and very insular. It's bowling, it's smoking weed at home, and, like, listening to tapes. Like, that's it! Like, like that's, like, the majority of his life. Mm-hmm. Like, a case of mistaken identity gets him thrown into something that's so much bigger than him, and, but he takes it on. Like, he doesn't, like, back away from it and just say, like, oh, no, this is too much. It's, like, he gets in it, and, like, he kind of gets, like, not addicted to it, but, like, he kind of gets, like, enjoys being wrapped up in this world a little bit, even though he won't admit it. Like, he, you can see, like, he, like, likes tracking down the clues and figuring out, like, you know, this person did this thing, and then I guess but when you get to it, or if you get to it, like, he presents all the evidence, like, all the findings that he has, like, in, like, a traditional, like, detective breakdown, but it's, like, you're, like, a jobless stoner in the valley, and, like, you really, like, took on this gigantic case of, like, mistaken identity and kidnapping okay cool like (laughs) it was just the idea of someone taking on something way bigger than them but handling it really well i think my my first thought was this man is so lazy he's a (laughs) old man he has a nice home he's so lazy that's not fair (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know why I can't divorce myself, why I can watch Tombstone, but I can't watch this and be not judgmental about it. <laughs> Over at Tombstone, where frickin' Kurt Russell's cheating on his wife, and it seems justified because she's high on laudanum. I don't know where my moral compass is. I <laughs> there and why some things I can let go and some things I can't. Um, but I think I'll try to finish it and I will report back because I. I started to enjoy it more, but then John Goodman started messing things up for um, like the first like drop, like money drop, and it was stressing mm-hmm. me out. And I hate when characters do that because I just want to be like, "Listen, just come on, guys, get it together. You're grown men." So I turned it off, but I will try to finish it because I don't know. I just feel like I should, and I like everyone involved in it, and I really like John Goodman. Yeah, um, you'll see. Uh, not a spoiler, but there's a young Tara Reid in this movie, and you just don't think that she would be in a movie like this. She's not Bunny, is she? Um, you have to see and find out. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen that character. The one. Oh, then yeah, it is. She is. She is Bunny. That's what you know. I, it was hard because she had sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. She was so young that I was just like, it. My first thought was Tara Reid, but then I was like, no, maybe it's not. But I only saw kind of half her face because of sunglasses. Okay. (laughs) It's all coming together. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice. I'll give it a try. Um, You asked me to watch uh, the animated Robin Hood, the Disney's Robin Hood Mm -hmm. from uh, 1973. And yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. It is very enjoyable. Um, It's just very uh, lackadaisical and just comforting. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I love the songs in it. Like, it's very... They managed to turn Robin Hood, which is this very uh, British tale, into, like, this kind of 
southern bandit story. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, like, bluegrass music that happens throughout the, the film. Um, I Sometimes, as a kid, I felt this, and as an adult, I still kind of feel it. Feel it. It feels like they use like some character models from um, the Jungle Book and just like kind of reuse them for this one. Oh, I can totally see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. like Ka from The Lion King is just hiss um, in Robin Hood, and Baloo is just Little John <laughs> in this, cool. like down to the voice and like character model and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they reuse some of the voiceover actors. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like. Baloo is just is just uh, Little John. That's it. Period. Like the actor and the, the way the character is drawn, the same person, same same model, um, which I'm fine with. That's totally fine. Um, I love the hand drawn aesthetic of it. For some reason, I don't know. The lines just seem thicker. Like it's just yeah. I love the way the things move on screen. Yeah, it's pretty, I what's that? Pretty and it's kind of it's like you're looking at actual like art moving around as opposed to kind of the Pixar look of, you know, Tangled or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's different. Um, I love that Robin's a master of disguise. Um, he plays several different animals throughout the film, like, <laughs> convincingly well. <laughs> like, yeah, that's just a stork. Why would it be anything else? Who would see through that disguise? <laughs> like, it's just... And they, they get a version of Robin Hood that I enjoy. That he's a lovable rogue, not like a beleaguered crusader or freedom fighter. Like, get out of here, Tan Egerton and Russell Crowe. Like, I don't give a fuck about that kind of Robin Hood. And obviously the public doesn't either because no one went to go see those movies. Yeah. Every six years they remake Robin Hood and no one gives a fuck. Taryn <laughs> <laughs> um, mom loved it. She thought Taryn Egerton's mom loved it. She thought it was great. The movie was good. Great action. Like, I went to go see Eddie the Eagle way before I'd go to see, like, uh, Robin Hood. Eddie the Eagle being the movie where he was, like, a ski jumper being trained by Wolverine. Oh, I know. <laughs> close, close eye on old Taron, because he's very... <laughs> I was one of the few people who watched that Robin Hood movie. <laughs> I regret it. I'm not gonna lie. It was I saw it. I saw it several times on a cruise ship, and oh, it did not enhance the experience at all. That's where it belongs, really. <laughs> not a cruise ship. Boof. Those don't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It's a very like laid-back Robin Hood. He's just chill. Just chill as fuck. And I liked it. Um, and there was one other thing about it that I found pretty interesting. Um, yeah, like the I like the narration style of it. Like I don't oh no, this is it. The kid actors. Like there's like a gang of kids or whatever that like, you know, adore Robin Hood. I love in like older animation from the sixties and seventies where they get like non actor children to play children. I just love the way it sounds. It's just nice and comfy. It reminds me of uh the Peanuts animated series or the animated specials. I love those. I love just hearing like these non actor children just be kids. It's fairly, really sweet. And I, aren't they like little bunnies in it? The, yeah, they're like little bunnies, a turtle, a, like a little, um, two bun, uh, three bunnies actually, yeah. a turtle, and like another small creature. It's just like, yes. So cute. 
Oh, I forgot. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. And then he falls in love with his lady fox friend. There's a sassy hen. There's a lot of boob jokes in this movie, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of jokes about large bosoms and things falling into them. Oh, my. oh well, now I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about that. Because don't they kind of give that that chicken lady some, like, cleavage or something? They give her, yes, some, some definite cleavage uh, in this movie. Uh, at one point, they give Little John, like, as he's dressing in drag to, like, distract the king. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a large bust as well. Um, but one of the best animated sequences in this movie is when the, uh, the chicken lady, mm-hmm. um, where she's, like, running down a football field, essentially, like, defending against, like, these uh, rhinos. She's just murdering these guys. It is fantastic. It's a really fun scene. It's just, like, a very well-structured little movie. Uh, Yeah, it's charming. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I do have something for you for next time. Oh, oh, shit, I forgot to think of something for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poops. Yep. All right. <laughs> Crap. What do you got for me? Uh, Swiss Army Man. Uh, it is currently on Netflix. Uh, Paul Dano and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Gotcha. Um, have you seen it? I have seen it, yes. Um, it's very enjoyable. It's a good uh, story about isolation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, oh god, what am I gonna have you watch? Now I'm just trying to be looking around my apartment for anything. Uh, oh, Jesus, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna have to think about it and get back to you. Okay. That's the premise of this show. <laughs> I got about that part. Pretty sure it was my idea. (laughs) Well, I'll think about it and I'll text you. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Well, it was lovely seeing your face. Same here. (sighs) Um, Hopefully this sound is usable and we can actually post this. Yes. Um, So if you did listen to this, thank you so much because it's probably not the best quality. But we're quality, and that's what matters, okay? <laughs> yeah, we are humble. <laughs> Oof. Well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, you know, find us on Instagram. We're posting things there. Uh, O&R Podcast uh, at Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll be back soon, you know. Uh, hopefully, you're doing okay out there. We're trying to do our best in here. And uh Yeah, stay safe, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.